welcome to Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 117, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is up? What's up? Been uh, beautiful, sunny in Florida. I heard it's getting into some nice times up there. We're trying to get into some nice times up there. Still, still hanging on cold, which I like to hear. Spring um, is still stuck in traffic up here, and is uh, can, it's can't pay its tolls. <laughs> pass got stolen, and uh, it's been uh, it's been jammed. It's stuck in the south. So winter is reigning supreme. Winter's not leaving. This is the long winter. It's a big talk about Game of Thrones, right? You know it. Um, I'm actually excited. Westworld's starting soon, so I'm like, ooh, that's gonna come up like yeah. three weeks. I love that show. Um, but yeah, there's no. It's summer already here. There's no. There's no spring. It's just summer. That's a, that's a terrifying way to live life. It's always spring and always summer, and I'm like, that's why I have to go visit the beautiful land where it snows. You're a man of extremes, then. It's all just all hot or all cold. Extreme, <laughs> extreme. So thank you everyone so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. All of our info is there. We are on the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We're also on Pinterest as the Highfalutins. We're on SoundCloud. We've renewed our plan. We still haven't uploaded anything recent, but we're on there as highfalutin skibum. If you could, please go to iTunes, Stitcher. I think we're on Alexa on the Amazon podcast store. I think Nick was looking into it. Actually never got back to me, so I don't know if we are or not. Yeah, I was going to look at it too. It's like, it's a whole weird thing, man. I don't know. Well, we're going to be on there eventually, so. That's right. We got to get on that thing. Yeah, so go to your favorite podcasting app. Please subscribe and rate us. If you could, five stars. That would be wonderful. That'll help us extend our reach and be able to get more fans, which means we can hopefully do some cool new events and get some new swag going and got some plans going on for the summer. We were uh, just discussing it before the podcast started. We have a, we're going to make some big, big uh, adjustments, upgrades, changes to the site and some of our socials. So stay tuned for that. You know, it's, it's never truly, off season for us because we're always either thinking skiing, talking skiing, or or bumming either in the sand or the snow. So we're uh we're actually the we're the hardest working bums that are out there. Dude, when I'm at the beach, I'm thinking, can I ski on this shit? Like get like a tow rope. You know, ever see like the Red Bull, like where they where they have that like crazy winch tow thing? Like put that on the beach and just freaking launch off of like sand dunes or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they have Red Bulls involved. There seems to be some sort of trebuchet or catapult. So Yes. And you know, I'm not even thinking we land in water. We just land on the on the sand again. So what about that? what about like you know like they have the crashed ice? What about if they such like set up like an easy like sand dune with some sort of track, like a ski jump that you can launch you into the water? So you kind of shoot down it and you kind of have that little lip at the bottom and you launch off and you go into the water. How about this? How about they have dune buggies, like or little four wheelers? So it's a team, like you're a team. There's that, and then there's a guy on the rope getting pulled behind on the skis, and you're like bumping each other and trying to go through the course. That'd be kind of cool. Or what about if you're just on the sand wearing skis, but you have some sort of like backpack 
that's got like a like a rocket powered backpack. So you're kind of bouncing through the snow like you were doing moguls, but it's sand. Hmm. Yeah, that'd work. You know, sand so like you're instead of having gravity and a mountain, you're st- you're going straight on flat land, but the momentum from your rocket powered backpack is making it feel like you're going downhill. And you could put like sand moguls there too. You do like a sand mogul thing. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. But you're going at them instead of down them. Yeah. But because of the way the sand works, because your backpack rocket, it'll feel like you're going downhill. Or you could just go to Chile or Argentina. Boom. <laughs> or New Zealand. So many possibilities. See, we're always, thinking, we're, always, we're always trying to experiment and try new things. So stay tuned. Subscribe. Rate us, please. We're like a think tank. A two-person think tank. We really are. We should be sponsored by like NASA, somebody. DARPA. DARPA. <laughs> yeah. I'm so stupid. I don't know what that stands for. <laughs> it's they're the ones that make the robot dogs. They're like, they're the ones that had the competition that led to the funding the of those robot dogs. Yeah. And the driving, the self driving car that always crashes into shit. Yeah. Well, hey, think how many, how many human drivers crash into things every day. That's true. You have the robot overlords a break. Think how many people take flights that are actually not really flown by anybody, flown by a computer, and they don't really know it. Guys just getting a paycheck. Think how few airline crashes there actually are. There you go. They work. Respect. So with that. It's time for I Pray Today. Mario, I pray today. I pray today. So I tell you what, I'm having a good I pray this week. This is a a very special moment for me. I think I mentioned last week that I was purchasing some uh, craft beers online based on our recommendation from our buddy, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, hate to say it, we don't have much swag. We might be able to send you some stuff uh, soon. Uh, It's going to be the summer of swag. We do do have some pens. So I might send you a pen slash... Um, butt plug. <laughs> it's a uh, whatever. Uh, what's the thing for the uh, the screen? That would never, be a stylus. Stylus. I never use those things, but it's a pen stylus. <laughs> if you ever wanted to this pen? <laughs> it do- it doubles as a stylus and a pen. Uh, might send you one of those or two of those. I don't know. Some cards, maybe some coasters. I got to dig up. We might have some coasters, but uh, we're out of shirts. We did a limited run of shirts. Kind of just gave them out to everybody in two minutes. <laughs> that was it. Um, but anyway, so thanks for your recommendation. I did, um, did buy my, um, beautiful beers. I got my sip of sunshine in the mail. So I am drinking a mail order sip of sunshine. It's like a mail order bride. Um, <laughs> so that is my, that is my pre-op, opre. Well, my opre one, my first half and my second half I got lined up is, uh, from a skate brewing company down in, uh, Florida here. Um, and it is a tropical IPA, 6.8. I had it in the brewery. Uh, it's going to crack second half, I think, of our show. But oh, nice! Uh, right now, Lawson's Finest, I'm doing Sip of Sunshine. I'm a big fan of the tropical IPAs. That should be really good. Yeah, you know, it wasn't too sweet, which it, which I like. It wasn't like they put juice in it. It's like the hops make it makes it tropically flavored, which is good. Yeah. So I've decided to punish myself after... Uh-oh. All the deliciousness that I've partaken in, specifically in March, but for the last mm, probably good four months, been hitting it pretty hard and I needed a break. And I decided to come up with a concept, 
which is called April No Boozy leads to May Margs and Full Koozies. So All right. There you go. Trying to take the month of April off. I've been good so, the first six days. April Detox. Is, April is good. Detox. Yeah. So I'm drinking a, I'm sure it's probably way worse than you, than alcohol. I'm drinking a Monster Rehab because oh. I've been up since five something and it's late now when we're recording this and I need a little get up and go. So and it's like you're in rehab now. Pretty so, much. You're in Monster. I don't know if you've had the Monster Rehab, but it's no. actually pretty good. It's like iced tea with lemonade and crack. I guess whatever they put in there. I have Purple Monster right now as a side chaser. <laughs> which I don't know what it is, but it's purple. That's it's, all I know. It's got purple in it, so it's got to be good for you. Purple drink. <laughs> yeah, purple drink. Yeah, this is a. It's almost like a like an Arnold Palmer with crack in it. So you know, it's got to nice. be good. So in essence, I'm drinking for two, which is yes, good. Exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm chasing it with a uh, vintage seltzer raspberry lime. So Nice. Well, I yeah, just finished my sip of sunshine. So here goes the Escape Brewery Tropical IPA. So we're already in the second half and we just started. <laughs> well, I'm drinking for two. So that means I got to drink twice as much. That's true. And twice Thanks, as fast. Thanks, Brian. See, twice I got so. to pull my weight. Yeah, you do. And my weight. So thank you for, for pulling my weight. <laughs> We got one story that we're talking about here, and this one was a little bit disturbing. Um, it's from Ars Technica, which is a tech, you know, kind of a tech blog. But <laughs> the headline is, I don't fucking care. In wooing $67 million from big alcohol, NIH nixed critical study. The NIH nice. is the National Institutes of Health. And they're facing criticism and questions amid a series of reports outlining what appears to be an all too cozy relationship with the alcohol industry. You mean they're funded by the alcohol industry and they come out with studies that say alcohol is not as bad as other stuff? In so many words, pretty much. <laughs> the same thing the cigarette companies got caught with. It was a matter of time. Let's put it that way. Well... When, what the bottom line of all these studies is, is whoever is going to make money off of it is going to make sure that the outcome that they want to make sure they keep making money is the outcome that's going to be presented. I mean, is mm. anyone surprised this day and age that that's what's, what's how it's being uh, biased? So they're saying um, researchers claimed that for the first time Monday that they were scolded by agency officials for collecting data that appeared critical of the alcohol industry. They also suggest that the agency spiked a similarly critical research proposal, despite that it was highly ranked by scientific peers who evaluate proposals for funding purposes. Hmm. So what they originally came up with and said was that they strongly suggested that, that endorsing moderate drinking as part of a healthy lifestyle, that was what they're what the kind of what the alcohol industry wanted them to come up with. And then they created these, found these studies and did this research and said that it's not really true. Drinking 12 beers a day actually is good for your heart, right? I think so. It gets the heart kind of a, you know, when you have a race car, you want to make sure it's uh drives on a race car, racetrack and doesn't just sit in traffic. Right. I think that's every study. You just have to go to somebody that's really old and ask them what they've done. Bacon yeah. sandwich every day. That's what you do. <laughs> Just bacon and beer every bacon day. And beer. That's right. Yeah. Just got to follow what other people did because studies are always 
it's crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the New York times did some research into this whole thing and they said that um, the funding for the study, they, they got about a hundred million dollars in this 10 year study and said about two thirds of it came indirectly from the five of the world's largest alcohol beverage companies, including Anheuser-Busch InBev, Diageo, Pernod Ricard, Heineken, and Carlsberg. Jeez, those are like all the big ones, or most of the big ones. Yeah, I'm surprised Constellation Brands isn't in there. They uh they paid Diageo to do it for him, I, I guess. guess. So yeah, they work together. <laughs> But yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's not surprising. It's just disturbing when you actually see evidence of the, uh, kind of collusion or misinformation. Well, what's disturbing about it too, is a lot of people take these studies like for word and they don't know what went into the study, what's behind the study. And it kind of should open everybody's eyes to like look a little bit more into the news or the report that you hear. I mean, that's why everybody gets caught with fake news. You don't look at it. You're like, ah, it's on the internet. Everybody else is talking about it. I guess it's true. So, yeah. You know, I think if we haven't learned anything by that, by now, like this is going to the medical industry and the medical industry. Now, I think people are realizing is just as tainted with money. Pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals have been for a long time and you know, just that if- follow the money. That's the key. Follow the money. We'll find the truth. Crazy. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, I was down in Clearwater recently, and uh, there is a Hulk Hogan uh, restaurant down there. And him and Ric Flair actually did a show. They came out in a show at the Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Get out of here. And they were talking about, and they were actually all over Clearwater this week. So I, I got to see, because supposedly uh, Hulk Hogan's around quite a bit. But uh, him and Ric Flair were actually talking about their alcohol-fueled nights in, uh, that they used to have. So it's kind of, I think this is going along with the Andre the Giant uh, special that's coming out soon on oh, HBO. For that. that looks awesome. But um, they're saying that he used to drink a lot just because of like, just he had problems. He had like problems dealing with like social and, and things like that. So well, Ric Flair just like hated being like alone and home. He would just go out and just booze. Yeah, that's... It's crazy. So they like they recount stuff like they were bless you. They recounted stuff of uh when they drank till four AM and then they like, you know, they prank call McMahon, Jim McMahon. Vince McMahon? I mean Vince McMahon, Jim McMahon. Their boss. Jim McMahon. I'm thinking uh I'm thinking uh Chicago Bears. Yeah. The Bears. Um no, Vince McMahon, they'd uh prank call him and shit. So it's pretty awesome. Like some of the shenanigans. So um what are the chances of getting either Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan on the podcast. That would be awesome. I actually saw, I used to work in Charlotte and Ric Flair was in the building and I used to see him all the time because he had an (laughs) office there and he was, he was just kind of in his own world to say, you know, to say the least, but I don't know. Please don't destroy the, the the dream. (laughs) Was he always wearing a fur coat? Uh, Oddly enough. Yes. And little tights. He would always wear those. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, you awesome. Just be able to walk around in a fur coat all the time. Just all the time. Just do the Joe Namath on the sideline all the time. Or like the, uh, from uh, the Chappelle show, the haters ball. Like, <laughs> Play haters this ball. coat is made from your mama's pubic hair. <laughs> God damn, I love the Chappelle show. <laughs> Terrible. You got to bring it back, man. I was talking to somebody. I, I met this girl that I'm actually going to go visit. And um, 
in Chicago. So I'm going to take a Chi-Town trip. And she loves Chappelle show. I'm like, God damn it. Where have you been all my life? Who doesn't though? You know, if you some girls, show. some girls like, Oh, I don't know that humor's a little, I'm like, you know, you're racist then. That's what I say. <laughs> Cause Chappelle show is great. I don't know. I love Chappelle. Yeah. I think I got, I got to do a marathon of Chappelle. Yeah. Speaking of Chappelle. <laughs> Let's get into the Genjula. So it's going to be a, an informative trip this week in the Gondola. We're here to learn a lot of good information going on up there. Science, yo. Yes. New study. Again, we're talking about how studies are, are uh, often backed by money and agenda, but this is a positive one. Where marijuana is legal, opioid prescriptions fall. Two studies have supported this correlation. Damn. Yeah, two uh, studies came out this week. And as more states legalize medical and recreational marijuana, doctors may be replacing opioid prescriptions with suggestions to visit a local marijuana dispensary. Two papers published this past Monday in JAMA Internal Medicine analyzing more than five years of Medicare Part D and Medicaid prescriptions data found that after states legalized weed, the number of opioid prescriptions and the daily dose of opioids went way down. Uh, They said in a 2014 paper that states with medical marijuana laws had nearly 25% fewer deaths from opioid overdoses. And this is the first research that's been able to connect marijuana legalization to prescription painkillers with such large data sets. So, um, one study found that, um, with Medicare, 14% fewer prescriptions for opioids after medical marijuana laws were passed. Um, and then in the other study, it said nearly 40% fewer opioid prescriptions per 1000 people each year after the state passed laws, making cannabis accessible. So I don't know what, these politicians. So I guess this, again, you can go follow the money. When you look at someone like attorney general, Jefferson Beauregard sessions, it's either a personal vendetta or I was actually looking at his, uh, there's, I forgot the name of the website was, but you can look at where these people's donations like have come from when they would run for election. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, from on, for him, he gets a lot of his money from, aerospace and defense. So, you know, the, the PACs or the lobbyists from those companies. So I wonder if the whole, you know, Chris, Chris turns you into a, uh, a commie queer who isn't going to go fight in the war has just been so indoctrinated into him that, you know, once these aerospace and defense guys start shoving money in his pockets, he's like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta send more, more boys over there to go fight in some nonsense war somewhere. Can't be having them smoking that weed, making a bunch of pacifist queers. So we got to keep this marijuana illegal. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> I don't know. What's, what other explanation is there? I know Chris Krispy Kreme probably got some money to say, hey, you know, keep it illegal because you have a huge pharmaceutical industry in your state. Well, yeah, he's New Jersey is, is pharmaceutical. So I, so that's got to be his, uh, yeah, his, yeah. Uh, his payoff. But yeah, just follow the money and you will find the reason why people do what they do. 
but it's coming out. So here, here's the, I think it's a phenomenon when you talk about marijuana um, because people are coming out and because there haven't been studies on it and because it's becoming legal, now you have people coming out with effects like Charlotte's web, right? That came out with CDB and it came out because people were, were seeing the effects of it before it was actually studied. Uh, same thing is kind of happening with, um, you know, uh, professional athletes coming out and saying, look, I use marijuana to help with pain rather than take the opioids in the off season or during the season. And they're actually um, pushing the NFL, uh, the players union, in the NFL to actually look at possibly taking marijuana off the banned substance list because like, we don't want our athletes, you know, they're looking at, we don't want our athletes hooked on opioids and it's, it's a huge problem. I mean, opioids are, you know, would you, would you give somebody, would you hand somebody a pipe with opium? No. I mean, that's actually what you're doing in a small dose with an opioid and it's pretty messed up, you know, when you think about it. But so I think that's why they're looking at, because they're looking at survival of how are we going to maintain our players, our athletes, you know, people are, uh, some some famous players have retired early because of it. Uh, famous players have been banned because they're like, I'm not going to stop, you know, treating my body in a better way than taking opioids. So I think it's a big deal. I mean, it's coming out. And it's, it's so goofy that it's really just a plant. You know, yeah. What other plant has res- received this much scrutiny and this much vilification? You know, yeah. it's, I mean, poison ivy sucks. And I don't see anyone trying to ban poison ivy and, you know, trying to chop it all down and burn it somewhere. Yeah. You read poison ivy in your nether regions? <laughs> not, not. Fun. I would not wish that upon my worst enemy. Well, think about them banning you from, from growing poison ivy. That's what they should do. I would why, love why is poison ivy? What, what purpose does it serve? None. It's terrible. You it can't should be, be illegal. Like, imagine if you smoked poison ivy, what would happen to you? <laughs> Oh my God, that'd be fucking horrible. You'd be like rationed inside, like, God damn, that'd be horrible. We die. Yeah. But think about that. That should be illegal. It should be illegal to let poison ivy grow. Some for some reason, marijuana is illegal, but poison ivy is not. That's that's a good I think that's a political campaign platform that I would support. That's the Green Party, man. I'm voting for Brian right there. Or what about like they what if like you took poison ivy leaves and dried them and used them to roll? Marijuana. Well, oh, what, would be, you, what would happen then? Oh, your lips would be all like, bam. Well, I don't know. Maybe it would magically cure everything. Who knows? Maybe it would counteract the poison ivy. And you'd be like, poison ivy is the best leaf wrapper for cannabis, but you can't roll it with your hands. You got to roll it with gloves on and smoke with your gloves on, but then it's okay. Maybe it'd be like one plus one equals seven. If you Boom. Did that. Blow your mind. Yeah, right? That could be God's gift. and. Bruce Banner tied into one and hemp star like right in there, but like, wow, yeah. like a three dimensional Kung Fu kick of your, of the inside of your brain. It'd we be just awesome. don't know. And we just need to experiment with this kind of stuff. We just need someone, I don't know. Do you use prisoners? Do you use illegal aliens trying to stay in the country? Like who do you use to test this out on death row inmates? I think they got nothing else to do. Let them smoke poison ivy. Yeah, let them smoke weed, poison them. I don't care. Testing on them. Death row inmates. That could be a just a, here you go. Here's smoke if you got them. If you were to make marijuana and opioids available to death row inmates, let's see which ones they pick and which ones cause the problem. Yeah, that'd be a great study. 
I, I would fund that. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, they're sitting there anyway. I mean, they ain't getting out. Yeah. I mean, come on, let them smoke some Chiba. Why not? There you go. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. So uh, the next big thing in marijuana won't get you high necessarily. So there is a... We grabbed an article from Quartzy, Quartzy.com. And they were talking about a well-written article by Jenny Evans. And they're talking about um, at the end of a trip uh, with several friends, uh, he was hanging out with, with one of his buddies and he passed him a pipe packed with sticky green buds. And he kind of, you know, politely declined because he's like, he didn't want to, you know, take a hit and get a little baked, you know, because he had like stuff to do. Um, and the person said to him, was like, look, man, it won't get you stoned. It's CDB. Uh, CBD. Sorry. I will say CDB. Why do I say CDB? Anyway, CBD. Um, like Chipotle and Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. Chipotle. Right? People want to say Chipotle, but it's wrong. Chipotle. But uh, he said, he, you know, he took a hit and after it, you know, uh, he felt his body pleasantly melt into a lawn chair. He was uh, not impeded socializing. Um, and he said, you know, at the end of a physically exhausting vacation where they surfed all vacation, uh, he said it was pretty relaxing. He felt great. Um, wasn't like, you know, high like on THC, it was just kind of chilling out and felt really good. Uh, so that's one of the things. So there's a big push too for people that are in the industry or that are like in enjoying uh, CBD and, and THC infused cannabis saying, you know, uh, with marijuana, they actually equate it to consuming CBD um, is more like a, a gourmand sipping uh, something like, like a stony Negroni rather than having some, you know, some crazy trippy, you know, balls out experience. Um, so I thought it was pretty cool, but, uh, you know, CBD comes in all different forms. It's been proven. And, you know, like we were talking before, it's been proven by people using it to help like kids with, um, that have seizures, uh, to not have seizures. Uh, it doesn't get you high. It's actually legal in a lot of States now because they realized there's no THC in it. So they're, so they've legalized it. Um, and there's, there's all sorts of stuff with it. There's like oil, um, there's like rubs with it. There's, you know, all sorts of infusions, like people put it in, uh, like muscle rubs and, and, you know, stuff to put in like edibles and, and it's just good for you. It's like naturally good for you. So it's very cool to see that and, and see people trying it and get that benefit out of it. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is good to see because again, it's it's not going to get you high, and it's just one of the cannabinoids that you know are contained in marijuana. It's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, I like uh, how people are saying it's like very therapeutic, and it's that whole stigma that oh, it's from marijuana. It's got to be like get you high, reefer madness, that whole bullshit. It's no, this is really the non THC. It's just it's just a plant. It's an oil. It just makes you feel good. It's you know. Yeah, I mean, it works as an anti-inflammatory and an antioxidant. Yeah. And isn't that like what most people, most people's problems come from being inflamed? You know, too much sugar, too much gluten, too much flour. It's causing inflammation, which is causing a lot of pain in people. And this is the antidote for that. It's, now, it's just, it, it blows my mind just seeing how many positives are in this and how, again, 
I know most of our lives, all of our lives and, you know, way, way back, that's all the vilification of it. It was just so easy. You know, it was great marketing back in the thirties and it just sticks in people's brains because we've always done it this way. It's got to be right. My parents told me this. It's got to be right. Well, here's another thing. So I was actually talking to somebody this week about, um, I watched uh, this last season of High Maintenance. Did you see it? Oh, it was great. Yeah. So there was the one episode where, where they actually do a great job of showing a guy that's like, he's sitting in a coffee shop, he's on his laptop and he's on his, on his phone. He's like in his, uh, you know, doing his thing and he looks around, everybody's doing the same thing. And he listens to, I think it was a podcast or a YouTube and they were talking about how you're living in your bubble. So try to step out of your bubble. And I really think like bubbles aren't just like your local community, like the hipsters in Brooklyn aren't just like the only bubble that exists, like that smaller size, they're larger size too. So we're living in this bubble or some people are living in this bubble that they've been told marijuana is bad. Marijuana is evil. This person's evil. That person's evil. Like until you step out of that bubble and look at things from a different, either a different bubble or from the outside, you'll never see anything else. Like you're going to see everything within that microcosm that you're looking. So it's kind of cool. And they did a good job in that, in that, uh, if you, if you get a chance to see it, um, high maintenance, it's about, it's not so much about a, the guy that delivers weed in the city on a bike. It's about the people that he delivers to and just their stories. And it's a really well done, uh, series, but this one episode was kind of cool because it really showed like the guy was trying to break out of his bubble and, and, you know, he was pushing himself out of the bubble and he was like looking at things differently. And it was almost like, it was great for a moment. And then you see him trying to get into another bubble. You know what I mean? So like, it's almost like we're bubble jumpers. We, we jump from one group of friends to another group of friends, to another fad, to another fad. And until you push yourself to get out of that, you have a tendency to get caught up in it. And I think like our entire country has been in, well, most of the country, not everybody has been in this big bubble thinking that marijuana is bad. Marijuana is going to make you crazy. It's going to ruin your life. And now I think there's a different bubble that's, that's coming up where people are saying either you're not in a bubble, but you're, you're breaking out of that and saying, look, it's, it's not everything you thought it was like, look at it from this point of view. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, and again, we were humans are very social animals. So, you know, a lot of times, whatever your little social group believes, you tend to take on a lot of their belief systems as well. So yeah. if you come from a, you know, conservative religious background, you know, like, oh, well, you know, Bible says it's evil. It's like, does it actually say that? Or did the yeah. church decide because we want to make sure you listen to everything we say and don't question anything, you won't take, you won't partake in a plant that kind of opens your consciousness and makes you think differently. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, a lot of group think like we, we're, the more we we're involved with social media, the more we see people get into this group think mentality where they just follow what the social norm is or the, or the bubble or the, the people around them. They just, you know, they follow what, what's going on rather than stop and say, Hey, can you explain that to me? Like, you don't have to ruin everything, but it's good to ask the question or, or look from the, a different point of view just to understand it. Like empathy is one of the biggest things, one of the biggest gifts I think that us as humans have that we don't, with social media, we don't often um, really, really go to, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because 
things taken in different contexts from different points of view look totally different than people often take them for. Well, because also too, you know, whoever you're connected to in social media, you, if it's, you know, say it's your job and whatever field you're in, you have to appeal to the, the management or your clients or whomever, and you have to kind of almost assume whatever, whatever they believe in, you have to do the same thing so that you stay in their good graces. So, but it's more honest to be, to understand that you're doing that and understand that you're being somewhat decent, honest about your, your feelings. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But to realize that is that's where you've evolved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so easy to be caught in. Well, I have to be a nine to five guy. I got to do this job and I got to impress my boss and I got to do this and then move up and do this. And it's, you know, we, so many of us live that life. And then when you see people who have found a way out, those are the real people that we champion and try to emulate. You know, we've talked about before, like someone like a Joe Rogan, you know, he's, he's created an empire for himself doing what he loves, what matters to him, you know, and someone like that, like that's someone who we should be envious of, you know, people who've, who found a way around the system and found another path to live the life they want to live and to not compromise. And, you know, he's a big cannabis user. I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, like there's a lot to that. It's also about understanding what makes you happy. Like there are people that, you know, I think it's pretty empty. If you just collect things in your life at the end of your life, what do you have? You have a bunch of collected shit that you're not going to, you've, you've missed out on a lot of other opportunities if that's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. But you know, the person that is a no-name person that struggles to get by or or doesn't struggle to get by, but is doing something they really love, whether it's skiing, snowboarding, guiding, um, running yoga, like just doing anything. Even if it if if your jazz is getting like even if you're an investment banker and that really is your 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 thing that you're meant to do that you want to do, well then so be it. But at least you're doing something that you want to do, you know. So it's just kind of understanding that rather than do you want, well, it's also the, do you want to experience stuff in life or do you want to like collect shit in life? You know, yeah. I don't know. That's where I, that's kind of where I am right now. And I don't know. I think cannabis falls into that. Like I want to experience stuff. I want to, I want to see what's out there. I want to know like, why, why are you saying that it's not, not good? I mean, I love that people are finding out that there are definitely good properties to it. And I think, why not? I want to, I want to have a better life. So why not? Yeah. Challenge your way of thinking and make yourself uncomfortable and find out what's possible. Let's go to ski news. I was going a hell of a trip in the gondola. <laughs> Drink after that. Yeah. We're starting to wrap up the ski season this year in some places, of course, others, not so much. So we're starting to look to uh, to next season, a little prematurely, of course. But this was, uh, found this on Snowbrains. There is a website called liftblog.com, and they have a list of all the new ski lifts that are going in for 2018. And I found this, I mean, this person, whoever runs this or group of people who run this blog must be industry insiders or something because they have this really cool like uh, google maps integration and they have different um like if you go to the, the website liftblog.com it shows like different icons for the different brand of lifts 
So there's like Doppelmeyer, Leitner Palma, Partech, Skytrack, LSD Ropeways, and they show where they are and where they're being installed. So for example, they're saying that Killington, they're putting in a new, um, they're putting in a six person uh, bubble lift on the Snowden Express. So they're replacing the four, um, the regular quad there with a six person. And it's like bubble. And then there are um, another place like, um, example, Purgatory in Colorado. They're putting up a new um, four person chairlift. Oh, very nice. So, yeah. And even as like Walt Disney World, they're getting some uh, huh. I guess a new new gondola or something. Disney yeah, they have a Florida. Yeah, Disney and I think Bush Gardens, they all have gondolas, which people apparently stand online just to ride this gondola around the park. Well, I guess in the summertime, too, if it's so hot, having a yeah. nice like air conditioned gondola is probably pretty advantageous. I guess it is cool to see like the rides and stuff from up above. But yeah, somebody told me that they went to um, Bush Gardens like two weeks ago and they said there was a massive line for the gondola. Like they're like, I'm not standing in that line. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wow. I thought about it. I was like, a gondola, that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're mentioning too, like Whistler, they're getting that new uh, black home gondola they're putting up. And it's apparently going to be Doppelmeyer, the eight person gondola, stage one and stage two. So I wrote down a uh, a note. We got to run a show on the lift companies. We'll dig deep into the lift companies. One of these shows. Yeah. Because one of them that. has a headquarters. Well, I don't know if it's a headquarters or just an office just north of Killington. Oh really? I think it's Lightner Palma. Okay. Most of them are European companies for some reason. I guess because that's it's been always really big out there, right? Yeah, it's they're usually based out like Switzerland or Austria, right? Yeah. In Germany. Yeah, there's definitely one of them that has like an office or or maybe it's a repair facility or something just north of Killington on Route 100. You know what that general store is and gas station? Yeah. There's a, there's offices right there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you can work in Killington and fly back and forth to like Switzerland or something, right? Leitner Palm of America, Pittsfield, Vermont. Oh, Pittsfield. Yeah. That's actually where I think John's son got that ridiculous peanut allergy oh yeah he ate something at a uh so one of our buddies went with his son had a nice ski week and weekend and then during the weekend uh his son is highly allergic to nut uh, all nuts like any tree nut um actually all nuts like because peanuts are not tree nuts he's allergic to nuts tree nuts and i think something else and uh he had something with pesto sauce in it, and they, I guess the waiter forgot that or didn't know that there's pine nuts in real pesto sauce, and that kind of had him into a whole anaphylactic shock oh, situation, awful. which, yeah, pretty. Uh, he actually, um, the uh, the pen, the EpiPen came in handy, so. Save the day, yeah. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, so pretty cool stuff, though, regarding the different new chairlifts going up all across the u.s and canada so liftblog.com check it out very cool all right so next up we got the icon pass um got some news on that they actually came out with a three days well they came out with the with the icon pass there's actually three days left to get your best deal on it um 
So the idea is run out and get it. Look at uh, icompass.com has a ton of different, you know, resorts. And this is the time of year, actually, right at the end of the season where everybody starts offering the discounts for next season. So look out if you're, if you're going to go for your local mountain or if you're going to go for like icon or Epic, uh, I know icon is uh, only a few days left and that is, you know, icon is looking better every day when I look at it. It looks better and better. It depends where you want to go every year. <laughs> so definitely like this is where the planning starts for next year. Like Brian mentioned is what do you want to do next year? Where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself going? And then look at your passes because, you know, Aspen, Steamboat, Winter Park, Copper Mountain, Eldora, Squab, Mammoth, June, Big Bear, Jackson Hole, Sunny River, Revelstoke, like all these places, Snowbird, Alta, like wherever you want to go. Like if you're going in those areas, definitely look at it. Killington's part of that, Stratton. So Tremblant. So you can really get a, a good deal based on where you're going to go or where you're going to have a ski house. You can have a ski house in Killington. Might make sense, right, Brian? Well, the only bad thing is they're only offering seven days at Killington. So that's not bad. It's uh, Killington's what, $80, $90 a, a day? Dude, it's like one fifteen. God damn. That's on the weekend yeah. though, right? That's uh, that's like the standard window fee. But yeah, you can always get discounted ones at Costco or ski clubs or whatever. Yeah, I think I have this plum benefits through work. And I think it was like 68 or something like that. Uh, but that's still, you know, if you go... Sp- Seven times. I mean, that's what is this pass going for right now? I think it starts at there's the one that's five ninety nine, and I think one that's eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine, yeah. Eight ninety nine is the adult pass. Well, I don't, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but Killington actually created their own like year round pass. It's yes, like three sixty five. Where it's, I forget what it is. It's like a thousand bucks or nine hundred, and that includes all skiing, no blackouts, mountain bike hiking, hiking, you know, everything. Golfing, I think is included, or I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know if it's full golf, but it's, uh, it's pretty much year round. There's something that's included. Wow. So that's a set. Like, so even with a discount, like if let's say it's 70 bucks, like Killington, you're still going to pay almost 500 bucks. So for an extra 400 bucks, now you're getting that pass that works at like Let's say you're going to Tremont and you're going to do like, you know, steamboat or something like that. You're going to go out West. I mean, it, it, it pays, you know, it, it definitely changes or helps decide where you want to go. Yeah. And you save the lift line, you save like, it's, it's all prepaid. So when you go on your trip, you're like, well, lifts are free for me, even though you paid for it already. You know, yep. a lot easier to go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up. Then we get this one. I'll let you get the the next party one. Sure. So Snowbird, they won an award for their marketing campaign. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, it was the marketing campaign that got the, they highlighted the one star that they got on a review. Um, so they said it's a, uh, a finalist in this year's NSAA uh, marketing awards in two categories, best overall 500,000 plus visits based on the campaign and most unique campaign. So it's very cool if, if you haven't heard about them, I mean, they've, everybody's talked about it for so long. Uh, somebody gave like a one star review and it was like, you know, it, it was a too advanced. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. If you go to like snowbird.com slash 
O-N-E-S-T-A-R, one-star, all written out. They have the whole like campaign outline there. Yeah. And they show like a PowerPoint kind of slides showing the the reviews and they're hysterical. Like they're so great. It's very cool. I like the one like Greg thought we were too advanced for our core guests. That's that's why they come back year after year. Yeah. 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 And the picture is like unreal. It's like waist deep powder and like the view of the Wasatch and into the valley down little cottonwood. And then there's a, another one, Elizabeth from Dallas disappointed are the people who operate the grooming equipment on strike or something was hoping for a little more corduroy to dig my skis into. (laughs) And it is funny. Like there are some people that look for that. I mean, they're like, you know, I wanted some really nice groom trails and it was all powder. It was kind of, kind of had to take the day off. There was too much powder out there. It was kind of funny. Oh my God. Yeah. They're like, it's pretty much mocking these people, which is exactly (laughs) what should be done to them. Yes. One one star, no easy runs. We felt like our lives were in our own hands. Make a wrong turn and you're stuck on a double black diamond. It took us 90 minutes to shimmy down the Peruvian Gulch before we could even find a blue square safe enough to ride. There's no greens anywhere. What's up with that? Sorry. The entire world is not nerfed for your convenience. I love that. That's one of the reasons I love Jackson Hall. You come on, Jackson Hall, like, it's going to get you. Yeah. So. But yeah, this is a great campaign for uh, Snowbird. It's fantastic. Snowbird, I felt like you're pretty beat up. I mean, you go there just to ski. There's no nightlife. There's no enjoyment outside of just skiing. So you just go, you ski your ass off and you sleep. That's really, that's what you go for. It pretty much. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty magical place. Yes, it is. Next up. So our pals at Parlor Skis have announced their second annual spring party. And nice. it's taking place on April 21st in at their headquarters in East Boston, Massachusetts. They are going to uh, have a band there, Straight Jacket Slumber Party. They're going to have Island Creek Oysters shucking down the house Damn. and delicious beverages from Lord Hobo. I like Lord Hobo. Yeah. It should be a pretty cool event. They're also going to have some demo skis and unused blems for sale. So if you need any uh, any any good deals on skis, they should have some there too. Island Creek Oysters. I'm wondering if they were the ones that were in that vice box that I got. Cause they were from up there. Oh, maybe, maybe. So yeah, they're, uh, it's going down April 21st, which is a Saturday one to six at uh, their headquarters in Boston. So stay tuned. And, uh, if you're up in that area, go check it out. I think Island Creek Oysters was the one that was in the uh, in the vice box because they ship right to you. But they didn't actually ship you oysters, right? No, I didn't order them because I was too cheap. Yeah. Um, and I'm not that big of an oyster guy. I'm from Long Island. I'm a clam guy. <laughs> this is, you know, hey, you're, you're a clam. clam. What can you say? You're a clam guy. It. I'm not an oyster guy. I'm a clam guy. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's funny. I mean... I'm usually not an oyster guy either, but I must say when we were in Whistler and we uh, went out to the the fancy place of the Fairmont, they had these local Vancouver oysters. They were pretty damn good. Yeah, you gotta have like cold water, right? What's that? You gotta have cold water oysters. That's like the best, right? I think so. I don't know. I'm not an oyster connoisseur by any stretch, but uh, 
they were I, again i don't really not i don't get excited by them but those were really really good nice yeah that's 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 special um no i like oysters but you know i more like clams and i don't know my ex used to like oysters and whatever that's why i don't like oysters. no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> joking but not joking joking but not. but anyway that yeah, sounds pretty cool get a little oysters you get a little lord hobo hanging out chilling i could picture it right now the key is have enough lord hobo to start buying some demo skis yeah they say a list of demos and blims is available upon request. Hmm. Gets more interesting by the minute. And speaking of Whistler. Speaking of Whistler, World Ski and Snowboard Festival is coming to town. Coming to Whistler. So I guess this happens every year, apparently, right? Where is our invite? Uh, See, just, this is the kind of stuff we should be invited to. I think we're just too much of a bunch of bitches right now to go. See, like, I don't know. I'm almost getting there, like not giving a shit, you know, like just go. But I don't know. It's, it sounds awesome. They but have this is the uh, kind of thing that our sponsors should be paying for us to go to these trips. So we could exactly. actually do like a live podcast there. We could be giving, you know, producing some video footage and, you know, sharing our uh, sponsors information and, and you know. We, we would be able to afford having swag to send to you fans that are listening to us right now if our sponsors were sending us to stuff like this. That's right. And so if you write to the sponsors and say, why don't you guys have the high flutin' ski bums there? That might help us out. I'm just saying. And then we, we might help you guys out because we got to have an entourage, right? A small, a small, modest entourage, sure. Modest entourage. We didn't want to be douchebags. So we'll have a modest entourage. Yeah. Like, why can't, like, Kokanee sponsor us? Oh, Kokanee. They were all over Whistler. <laughs> yeah, that one lodge we went to uh, for happy hour. I don't think you, you didn't make it there. Um, and it was a Kokanee lodge. It was, it was actually pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was very European. It reminded me of, you know, people dancing on the tables and stuff. It's the Bud Light of Canada. That's right. It is actually like the Bud Light of Canada. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, like the, um, the Bush Beer of Canada. Ooh. It always reminds me of Bush because it has the mountains on it. So I'm like, oh, it's Bush yeah. beer. Oh, it's the Canadian Bush beer. Yeah. So there's a lot of events going on there at, at this World Ski and Snowboard Festival. Swatch Art and Soul opening opera party, Twisted Tea opera. They have bar hop. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Monsters going to be there. So it's not just that. There's like, a, there's like ski races. There's you know the border style world championships. There's big air ski and snowboard. Yes, uh, the demo parks. Like, there's. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So they break it down, and there's you know there's different categories. There's bands playing. There's you know, uh, there's the free ride. Um, club series. So there's and, one. There's one that's called Saudan Kolar Ski Race Extreme. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Like, what is that shit? That looks crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff going on. So it sounds like uh, quite the the crazy party, but also just tons of fun on the mountain too. World's so. steepest ski race started back in '87. Mountain pros and they just freaking go from this cool R and just freaking the that's crazy shit. Awesome. Yeah. It's All a right. good time. So 
for anybody that's there. But. Yeah, we won't be there because uh, our sponsors screwed us again. Yeah. How dare you. Yes, sponsors. Why well, I got to be like that? You drop us. We drop you. That, I like your I like your style. Yeah. And you know what? That sort of leads us into our main topic today. Boom. There was an article that came out this past week from our friends over at Powder Magazine. And our buddy Nick made sure he uh, he forwarded this to us. Thanks, Nick, man. You're always looking out for us. I like That's that. Right. He would see him on the podcast one of these days, but he works so hard and he's on West Coast time. Why haven't we had him on the podcast? We're on West Coast time. We're like, we start the podcast at like midnight. It's yeah, horrible. This is true. It's kind of, uh, it's on us. We got to give him a proper invite. Yes. And, you know, we, we talked about it with him when we were out in Whistler and, you know, he is a big spring skiing fan. And the article from Powder is called Spring Skiing is the Best Skiing. Boom. Rather than mourn a season nearly gone, celebrate all the skiing that's still to come. And, you know, it kind of breaks down, you know, you don't have the tourists and the college students. It's more of, you know, different snow terrain, you know, no friends on a slush day. <laughs> and I, uh, the article was cool. Cause they're like, you know, it's like, everybody says there's no friends on a powder day. They're like, yeah, there's always friends on a slush day. Cause nobody's getting out early. You're just chilling out. Like nobody, everybody's, this is all gravy. This is like the, the victory lap of the season, you know? And that's definitely the way they, they painted the picture. It was like a rose colored goggles. Look at spring skiing. And, you know, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't get into spring skiing. You know, I'll do it, but I just, and you know what? I was, I was thinking about this afternoon, like why I feel this way for the biggest thing is, is I get seasonal depression and not like most people where they get depressed in the winter time. I get serious seasonal depression in the spring. Because you got to choke motherfuckers out, don't you? I get, I get freaked out <laughs> big time. Like I wake up freaked out. I go to bed freaked out. It's just the, I love everything about winter. I love the cold. I love the darkness. And I, again, this is not a positive personality. Are you sure you're not a white walker? Well, you know what it is? A part of it is that I, I like seeing people depressed and people oh. complain about the winter and it's so cold and nothing to do and I have to be inside watching So if you go on Ancestry.com, you might be part White Walker. You never know. Quite possible. I'd love to throw that in there if I worked for them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> part White Walker. I think I can get part of their union maybe or something, you know, and one of those jobs for life, one of those, like uh, those no-show jobs. <laughs> no-show. A no-show White Walker gig. That's right. I was there. I was like 19th row. You didn't see me? <laughs> White Walker, man. We were going too. pillaging uh, <laughs> a hard home. Yeah, I was, I was there. I was there. I was there in spirit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I, uh, this, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to appreciate spring skiing, but you know, like I, 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 one of the things I boiled it down to is that right now where I live and how far it is to get to the mountains it's a big commitment to go that distance for to spend money and time for mediocre skiing, you know? All right. So I'm in the opposite range of that because as I'm living in a non-ski area now, any chance I get to ski now, I'm actually appreciating it a lot more. Like when we were in Whistler, bottom mountain was all slushy and crappy. And I was like, 
well, I'll stay on the top of the mountain and then I'll do the slush if I have to. But like, you know, it's still a ski day. You know, I'm only getting 12 days a year if that. Me, it's it's precious moments that you get on something to ski on. I'm just yeah. saying. And I think that if I were closer or if I had, you know, a condo or a house by the mountain, I think then I would appreciate it more because then I'd be like, oh, you know what? I'll go bust out for an hour or two. I'll uh, I'll get out there early while there's a nice corn ski and then go home and just be like, you know what? And I'll go hang out on the deck. I'll, uh, you know, go for a bike ride. I'll do something else in the afternoon. But I think it's because you bike up and then you ski down. You can do that. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the <clears throat> you know, much of the ski mountains have like those, you know, triathlons where it's, you know, you ski, then you bike, then you run. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You can do that. But yeah, I think it, that's, that's kind of what it is. Is I just, you know, I, I, I know there's like six to seven long, warm months seeing happy people enjoying the sun. And again, I'm not saying it's a positive personality trait. It's actually probably something wrong with me, but I, uh, I just, I love the cold and the dark. And I think that's why spring skiing bothers me because people are out having fun instead of dealing with the beautiful, cold, brutal snow. Well, I guess here's the thing that I gained appreciation to last year. So I went on a week long trip to Vail. It was late in the season. And it was just seasonably, you know, it was irregularly warm with no snow. It was spring conditions. Like it was like, I gotta say, it was definitely well over. It was like in the forties, like in the day, but in the morning, when you got out, there's a hard freeze at night. So you get out in the morning. If you get out early for first tracks, it's a sheet of ice. There's not even scrapes, dude. Like we went out the first day and I was like, holy shit, this isn't even like Killington. There's no scrapes at all. You're just, you. it's like that clear glass ice that you're just sliding across and not being able to turn. It was hard. <laughs> it was terrifying. So we did that the first day and then it was like, all right. So of course you're like high as, as crazy on adrenaline when you get there, like, oh, ski everything. And then you realize like, you just can't fight nature. This is how nature is. So you're like, all right, I guess we're going to have to sleep late, go out at 10, 1030, get two or three hours of good snow, and then it's going to turn to slush. So I guess with that, you're like, now I'm going out to like two in the morning because I'm sleeping and not getting out on the mountain until 10. So that was a benefit. And I think I kind of like, I understand like now spring skiing, you're not waking up real early. You're staying up late hanging out with friends it's a little bit more social it's different than just like going out and skiing and like all right let's go and you got your little pack and you're going skiing it's more like let's hang out and we'll get what we get out of the day and then we're going to hang out afterwards you know so there's a lot of hanging out which is kind of cool so i get it if you're into hanging out i i don't like hanging out you don't like people right i really (laughs) most of the issues i have with life is because of people and Again, if and you're a social awesome. psychologist for your profession, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> you're a sociologist? Yeah. <laughs> you're a media marketing guru? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I, I'd rather be, be doing the thing or doing a thing. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't and I have agree time with you on just, that. Yeah. I don't have time for frippery. I have a mission. And a lot of times it just, uh, if I'm not working on that mission, I just get, I get frustrated and I get even more annoyed. 
So I'm in a social a social situation. I don't want to be in it. And instead of giving into it, I'll just get more annoyed. Yeah, I hear you. But I guess on the flip side, I guess I'm mellowing out as I get older because I'm old as fuck. And um, as I look at it, I'm like, you can't fight nature. Like, this is what Mother Nature is giving you. Just roll with it, you know, because it's not going to be great conditions. It's spring. And, you know, like I embrace the change of seasons, even though there's no change of seasons down here. I still like the idea of it because I'm like... You know, I'm embracing where I'm living now while I'm living here. But when I go on a ski vacation, I'm like, great. If it's sub-zero weather, I'm like, that's fine with me. If it's spring conditions, I'm going to roll with it because I'm skiing, you know. So I'm kind of like, I guess, mellowing out in that in that way. But I don't know. I used to hate spring skiing more than I do now. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I even hated the idea of it. Like, why would you go out ski? It's like sucky conditions. And I'm like... You know, if you get if you get to go out, um, it's a nice day out. You know, yeah. I think cold. Old U boat. Remember, like old U boat. I like it. The old U boat. Do you remember there was a again? I think he's kind of like well known. There was a dude at Killington who's just ski around and like he had like black like pant like black ski pants. Oh, with yeah, the duster and like this giant like like hairy back and chest. Oh, he's with no shirt. The, cruise around. He's the bear guy. Like I thought he was going to get shot by somebody during bear hunting season. I'm like that dude's going to get shot. Yeah. He was that hairy. Oh yeah. He was extra super hairy. I, I haven't seen a human that hairy. Like that was a Sasquatch guy. It was impressive. He could be the missing link. Oof. He yeah. could be the guy in the Patterson footage. It's one of the guys like you're in the lift line. You're like, I'm leaving ample distance between because there's no incidental touching going on there <laughs> i don't oh, want to touch that hair like, just like they like they put you on the lift with that guy like you would definitely get his like bo all over you imagine you fall and you fall into him like on the oh my god they'd be like he trips you and just like right into his like armpit oh it'd just be like hair smell everywhere oh bo big dude hair smell yeah and you um, know i guess too like if you're in a place where you have like you know a bunch of like women in bikinis cruising around you know, and like, but again, I've never, I've never seen that everywhere I go. It's it's big, hairy dudes. I must say though, like women are more amenable to going out with like for spring skiing. They're like, you know, I won't go in the middle of winter, but I'll go spring skiing. And I'm like, well, that's cool to look at too. Like, so you could ski with your buddies all winter. And then in the spring, all right, honey, why don't we go skiing? Oh, great. It's, it's spring skiing. I already skied like, you know, 30 to 50 days. Like I'll go burn like 20 days hanging out with you spring skiing. Why not? You know? Yeah. See, Andrea's the opposite. She likes winter and cold too. So she and wants, that's to why she's a keeper. That's, <laughs> that's why I knocked her up. I guess. Apparently, I'll, I'll tell you right now. That's why she's a keeper. Yeah. She's like 20, she's like 28 degrees and sunny is my perfect conditions. I'm like, <clears throat> I can get on board for that. Dude, but don't yeah. get me aroused. Cause that's getting me hard right now. See? <laughs> Me, you and me both, brother. <laughs> but you know, we uh, like we've done. You know, we did Trump lot in the spring one time, and again, you get the mashed potatoes. And you know, I think part of it too is, like I, I said, before, cold. I did Trump lot in January. It's cold as fuck. I froze my nuts off, man. Complete opposite. So cold. Yeah. Well, it's the thing. Like I think you know, again too, that trip. You know, we, we were that was like our. You know, it was like a fun getaway, and you know, you just ha when we go on these ski trips, the expectations of skiing like the whole day having good conditions. And then when you drive that far and you put this effort into this trip and you like have these expectations and you get like 
mashed potato shit. You're like, this is stupid. Why do we, why do we go this far and spend all this money to do this? Yeah. But even with the mashed potatoes, as long as there's like a cold at night, you get some part of the day where it's awesome and it might only be like two hours. So it's kind of like you got to just time it to be ready for those two hours and ski like a fucking maniac for those those little hours. Like that's how it was in Vail. It was like 12 to two were freaking great. You're doing bumps, you're doing like everything. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just ski like crazy for the, just be available for those, whatever hours it is, whatever, whenever it falls, just be, be ready. But yeah, that, and that's, you have to have that expectation going in because when I'm driving, when we drove the seven hours, was, we were not expecting to get like, yeah, like, like two hours of good skiing over three days, you know, yeah. like that's, we had we had different expectations, and again, it was late in the season. We should have expected that, but the creek was closed, right? She couldn't go there. Is it even ever ever open? <laughs> this year was actually pretty good. They had a couple of good dumpings. Yeah, yeah, and it's close. I mean, but that's 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 kind of what I broke it down to is is expectations and distance, and you know to to have to travel that far of a distance to get mediocre conditions. That's, that's to me, I, that's gotta be why I have the problem with it and why I'm not a fan. Again, when I, when I get the ski house, when I'm close enough to the mountain where I can just go out there for an hour or two and just consider it the gravy, consider it just the, uh, icing on the cake for the season. I think then I'll appreciate it more. Well, I think you said it already. Like it's the expectation. You have to really set your expectation. Like this is spring skiing. This is what it is. Don't change what it is. Cause that's what it's going to be. It's going to be. Live music on the on the mountain, which is fun. There's going to be festival shit going on. They have the pond skimming. They have the bump challenge. And I tell you what, if you like doing bumps, and I'm still able to dabble in the bumps, it is a lot of fun in spring because everything's soft. It softens up, you know. That's true. Yeah, you can uh, you can really get good at yeah get some good if, practice in on the bumps. If you time. like bumps, like spring skiing is the time to do bumps. You know, and that's just it. Bumps you do for like an hour and you're freaking fried, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think, again, I think the moral of it for me is that I, there's so many happy people and that's what's bothering me. <laughs> people are Everybody, having fun. They're drinking freaking PBRs and they're like, this is the best. I love to bring skiing. It's like you skied two runs and now you're getting hammered. I know what bothers you and it bothers me too is people saying, Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna be so glad when the summer's here, the cold like and you hear that and then there's spring skiing and they're just thumbing their nose in the whole like winter thing, right? Winter's like winter's over, winter's over. It's time yeah. for PBRs and going to the beach. You know what you do then? Oh. You just hit him with a fucking snowball right in the face. That's what you Pretty do. Pretty much. Yeah. And and you say Mario said to do that. So everybody listening, do that. Say Mario and Brian said to do this. Boom, right in the face. Yeah. Right, right, right in the right in the pie hole. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just uh, happy people. That's what ruins spring skiing for me. Be happy skiing, but don't be happy that winter's gone. Let's put it that way. Yeah. If you're happy just chilling out, hanging out, listening to tunes, like getting some rays while you're skiing, that's freaking great. Mm-hmm. Don't poo-poo like the cold of winter because that's yeah. what gave you the spring skiing in the first place. Yeah, I need to work on that. I need to work on myself apparently, but yeah. That's that's you work on your chi, your ski chi. Just my general life chi. Your spring ski chi. There's the other chi, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So you know well, while you're in detox, you can work on that right now. Well, I'm in it could be worse now. I don't have <laughs> booze. 
don't know my old pal booze to fall back on to help me. Now you have to like you had to face it head on. That's what somebody said to me when I told them I wasn't going to drink in April. They're like, wait a minute. So your favorite season is ending and <laughs> you're going to not drink booze for a month. Like that's really dumb. I'm like, well, no, actually it's kind of like the piling on mentality. You know, when things suck, you might as well just make everything suck more because when you're done, it's going to feel so much better because you've survived all the suck. All right. At least I know you're on my speed dial. If you need a friend to talk to, just call me. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> well, a tough time for you, bro. This podcast is therapy is really what it comes down you to. You get it out. You just get it out. Yeah. And we're working through some things. We're making some big steps. <laughs> this is therapy shit right now. I think we had a breakthrough. <laughs> Brian needs a ski house and to not be an asshole. Those are the keys to success. We all need to be less of assholes. How about that? And we all I'll need ski say. houses. And we all need ski houses. If everybody has ski houses, do you think that would solve the douchebag asshole mentality or no? I think it could. I think it's got, I think it could either make it a lot better or a lot worse. I think it would for the general population, but there would still be that, that group of people that's like, my ski house is better than your ski house. And you know what fixes that? A lot of fire. (laughs) And your ski house ain't nothing. If you brag too much about it, we're going to burn that shit down. How about that? (laughs) Oh, this little piggy did not make it out of bricks, did they? This little piggy used straw for their ski house. <laughs> I'm a huff and puff and blow that shit up. <laughs> I just want it's a, just a condo. It's a stupid two bedroom condo close to the mountain. That's all I need. So again, if we have any fans that are super fans or some angel investors that want to kind of help this thing grow and you want to give us a condo, just let us know. <laughs> you can, you can support it. We'll even put like, you know, we know the fetish houses where they have cameras. We'll do camera. That's fine. You can watch me sleep. Watch. Listen, you can put a camera in the toilet if you want. If that's the thing, <laughs> as long as you get this, as long as you get a ski thing, that's fine. You pay yeah. my bills. I'm all right, man. I'm moving up there. Let us help you. That's right. Because you know what? There's a lot of funny shit that people might want to see. Like somebody might want to watch the other dude snoring. <laughs> In the bed of like six people in a room. That works, man. Yeah. You know, how many times it's so and so fart that night? We could keep a fart counter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone on ski trips with people that like they wake up in the morning like, hey, did you hear me fart last night? <laughs> like, I didn't think that was like a, are you going to get a prize? Like, are you I, I didn't 12? Know. Like, seriously? <laughs> That's right. You realize we're not 12 right now. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe people would want to watch that. That's fine. But Those are the kind of people who love spring skiing. You could put fart sensors. You could put cameras. Whatever you want. Yeah. It might work out. That actually might be something we fund. I don't know. We could... Uh, I think that might be our next Kickstarter. Go fart me. Go fart Go fund me. me. That's right. It's going to be huge. Huge. Hashtag huge. So Donald Trump wants to do it. I think it's a, a, it might be the most luxurious fart ski camp ever. Tremendous. Tremendous. Unbelievable. (laughs) Magical. The biggest fart ski camp ever. Fart mogul ski camp. Wow. Can you imagine that? A fart mogul ski camp? I want no part of that. That would be crazy. How about a detox ski camp? So let's say you're trying to like get off the sauce for a little bit. You've had a whole big year of like drinking and skiing and now you want to detox detox ski the problem is with that is that i think i i i like what you're talking about the problem is beer and skiing just go so well together 
Like, I think every, time yeah. I, every time I have a beer after skiing, I go, my God, why does beer taste so good after skiing? Because it just does. It just Once it hits your lips. It. Once it hits your lips. Oh my God. Like it's just so perfect. How about you throw a little yoga and meditation in there? Maybe that would calm things down, settle things a little. I could see that. I could, now, now you're. Because I think we met a group on one of our trips that it was like a club that did ski and yoga. So they did yoga in the morning and then went out to ski. And I was like, that's fucking genius. All we do is wake up, eat a little breakfast, like Cheerios and some oatmeal. And then we, nobody stretches and we go out on the ski slope. Like it would be great to do yoga in the morning. Like that'd be awesome. Yeah. And they were all happy and shit. They were like getting along. I was like, yeah, fuck you people. (laughs) Well, they also had pot edibles. So (laughs) that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking... It's got to start with the edibles, then the yoga, then the skiing. Well, it's the weed humidifier that goes on throughout the whole condo. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Weed humidifier, yoga, detox, quote unquote detox, and skiing. Yep. I think that might. All right. So they're, uh, you know, speaking of, of spring skiing and festivals, we found a couple of cool articles that outline some of the the big big festivals that they have. Um, there's a big one in uh, Avora, Avoriaz, France, called Snowbox. Ooh. Um, and it is a traffic-free village, Avoriaz. And they have music. They have human bowling, which is a nice. thing. Um, it's more of a rock and roll vibe than its EDM cousin, Rock the Peasts which is a different festival. Um, East. So there's that one. And then they have in uh, Andorra, which I think we talked about it earlier this year. It's supposed to be a pretty awesome spot to go skiing. It's a little tiny country between France and Spain. Yeah. They have the uh, Horizon Festival. Um, and that is uh, Aris... Arinsol. Arinsol. So then there's the Brits, which takes place in Lox, Switzerland. Lox. I've heard a lot about Lox. We got to go there. Yeah. Next is snow bombing, which is Meyerhofen, Austria. You know, Austria and bombing, it doesn't sound great. Just saying. They got to work no, on the... It's like a big like EM festival. They have like Calvin Harris and Dizzy Rascal, Fat Boy Slim. Dude, I tell you what, man, EDM on a mountain, freaking with skiing is awesome. It well, is freaking I, well, awesome. Hang on. The problem is EDM doesn't really go so great with daylight. You know what? Um Valterens, Folly Deuce, totally awesome. Yeah. You gotta have the crowd. As long as you have the crowd, it's like yeah, everybody can see each other, but people wearing goggles, they're, they're drunk, they're like, you know, getting, you know, you're Listen, like wearing goggles and, and nighttime are very different things. <laughs> no, this is daytime. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. It works, know, it all works, man. And it's got to be dark. I don't know. EDM during the light just, it just, it, it reveals too many things. You know what? Once you get into the mood of it, if everybody's into it, you just, you go with the crowd. It's freaking awesome. It just oh. seems like, uh, you know what I think the problem is that you see too much. I think you you see too much when it's you have EDM during the daytime. You All really right. see the douchebaggery. It's too upfront in your face. That's I the, thought the same thing. 
Thought the same thing, but it was dark. It was had the best time my entire life. Why do you think most people have sex with the lights off? Because a lot of times you don't want to see what's going on. Oh, I get the lights on. I got shit to do. I got moves. I got like trajectory. I got to get in there. I make it. I bring the ruckus, man. I bring the ruckus. You want? You don't want that much light. No, I want fucking spotlights on me. I bring the ruckus. EDM. I I sit down. I hold it down. Sex and EDM both belong in the dark. You got to come out of the bathroom while oiled up, but like, come on, let's get this glistening off. This explains the the house you're buying in Florida perfectly, too. I need light. I need lighting on this shit. Friggin' Don Johnson's condo. Shit's going down. Memorable experience. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. You can say it all you want. I you can't get me on board. It's not happening. Yeah. I'm not asking you to get on board. Let's put it that way. Don't you worry. <laughs> Daddy's in a different boat. In a different Lady, ladies, please board uh, in a calm, effective manner. <laughs> the ride is going to be great. And then there's one more festival: the Spring Back to Vale, which takes place in, believe it or not, Vale. In Vale? Wow. Yeah. And that's See, that's when they got to have that in like another mountain just to fuck with people. And like Aspen. It's like, yeah. Ha ha, gotcha. Oh, you showed up in Vail. Ha ha. You missed Ooh. it. You, you bought tickets too. The, the definitive highlight of the festival is the infamous World Pond Skimming Championship. Oh, uh, they have a good one. That's like the best one, right? Yeah. Damn. Pretty much. Damn. So there's those. And then uh, two other local festivals going down. And actually, by the time this podcast is released, either Saturday or Sunday, they, they'll be over. So you missed yeah. them. Sorry. Sorry. Well, one um, that just that happened uh, a few weeks ago, Tomorrowland. If anybody knows Tomorrowland, they do this crazy EDM thing in, I think it's, it's Georgia. I think it's Savannah or outside of, not Savannah. Shit, I forgot where in Georgia. It's outside of Atlanta. And um, they do a Tomorrowland winter now. And it's an, oh. in France, Alpe d'Huez. They ran it from the 13th to the 14th of March. And it's like one one of those crazy, like, world-level EDM kind of festivals. And they had it on the mountain. It was pretty awesome. So they started just this year. So I'm hoping they do it every year. And it's probably going to be pretty crazy. So there you go. That's on the okay. list. Any sponsors want to sponsor me? Uh, Skibonpodcast.com. Just saying. Skibonpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. But yeah, this weekend, there's um, up at Killington, they have the Bear Mountain Mogul Challenge, which is always a, a big deal up at... Uh, have you gone to that? What's that? You haven't gone to that yet. For some... Every every year? Oh, I always love have that. going on. This is the first year I'm missing it in like four years. I love yeah. that. A yeah, lot of fun. And this year... They actually can have it on outer limits, which I think like two years ago they had to move it because there was no snow there. Yeah. This year there's tons of snow and most of the mountains still open. So it should be a really good time and good weather this weekend. Well, they do the way they do it's fun. You show up at like six in the morning or five in the morning to get your spot and they actually get little whatever, you know, marking paint to to cordon off your little area and you set whatever you want in there. You want to bring grill, go right ahead. You want to bring table chairs, just bring it. So people show up and there's a line of people waiting to get in at like five, six in the morning. And they, they queue up like probably a half hour before it starts. I think it opens at like six and you get there and like nothing really happens to like 10, 11 o'clock. 
So you set up your stuff and you leave. Nobody messes with your stuff. And then people start showing up and it's just a crazy party. And people walk from like place to place. And sometimes you have like a shot or um, a drink or just people stop by, you give them food. Like it's, it's just like a big party. Everybody hanging out. It's like a shanty town. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, some people dress in costumes. Like there was a, I did the video of the T-Rex. I don't know oh, if that's I right. That the T-Rex guy, it was awesome. He had the little arms and shit. He went skiing like that. It was great. No, it's a lot of fun. So that's going on this weekend. And also, Mount Snow has their Minus Zero Festival. Oh. That's Stratton. A couple, I think Dead Mouse was at Stratton a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. But this year, it's at Mount Snow. And they have um like four different spots. You know, two of them on the mountain, one at the base, one at the top, and then two other bars. The cousins and then the snow barn. And so oh, there's like all these different bands playing, and the headliner is Odessa, who's playing Saturday night, which would actually be really awesome to go see them because they're wow badass. But yeah, there's all kinds of uh, all kind of events. They have the beer festival going on, I think too. The um, the what's it called? The uh, the winter beer festival. Maybe they already have one. Awesome! Wow. Yeah, so big event and uh, a lot going on. So it's one of Biggest event in Mount Snow in like a lot of years. Yeah, it started to, on Friday, which is today when we're recording it, and it's going through Sunday. So wow, they have like bands playing like seven in the morning and like the the Summit Lodge. Dude, that's awesome. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, so it's and again they have perfect weather for it, so it should be a a really good time. So yeah, see so the they're they're trying to make spring skiing fun and happy. Well, what I realized today, I was looking, trying to look for like when everybody's expected closing date is. And, and I looked on, uh, I think it was snow.com or whatever had like the expected closing dates of everybody. And they're all like this weekend. I'm like, wow. Like the end of the season for some of these skiers is coming now. And What's I'm like, crazy is that a lot of them are in like, you know, the big areas that you think would stay open longer, like Colorado and, um, yeah, but like they're they're closing up, and places in New England are going to be open for another couple of weeks. That's it's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, one of those years. It could be May, June. Who knows? I mean, depending on how much snow and how how you said Killington's going to be like seventeen degrees high tomorrow, right? A little low. It's going to be in the teens, but high high level like thirty. Yeah, that's still not going to be melting much. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. So like, but everybody still plans these cause they got to book all these like events and big concerts and stuff like, so everybody's booking them for like, this is like the really big last weekend, which uh, it's weird for me. Cause I haven't kept track cause uh, I'm in an unseasonable place for keeping track of that. And it's, uh, it's just weird. I'm like, Oh, I, in my mind, I'm thinking there's like another month or so and then start closing things down. But I don't know. Not quite yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, there's still plenty of time to get some turns in there. Uh, if you have any, anything you want to share and positive or negative about spring skiing or spring skiing experiences, please hit us up on the socials or send us an email, ski podcast at gmail.com. Oh. Under the ropes. Let's kick it off. So uh, there was a guy way back in 2015 that uh, Dave Chappelle, which we love. We, we absolutely love Dave Chappelle. Um, I guess a guy threw a banana at Dave Chappelle during a show in 2015. And he's actually now, the guy that threw the banana peel is suing Chappelle 
and a man presumed to be his bodyguard. So they're saying that the bodyguard struck the guy. His name is uh, Englander um, when he was being restrained. And that's why he's suing. So it's pretty messed up because like this dude threw a banana at a black comedian. And I think Chappelle like mentioned it in one of his standups that like, like really dude, like you threw a banana peel at me and you're saying it's not racist, you know, like, I don't know. I just think, uh, whatever transpired, I wasn't there, but, um, I think this guy's way out of line and, you know, maybe not, I don't know, but that's the, uh, the story he's like suing the comedian because his bodyguard like took some jabs at him while he was being taken down. So, well, what I want to know is did he order the banana at the comedy club or did he bring the banana with him. That's what I'm wondering. Are they selling bananas at a Dave Chappelle comedy show? Cause that's or, fucked up. Did he just like, did he eat the banana earlier in the day and then put the peel in a Ziploc bag and then put it in his pants and then take it into the comedy show? Is that a banana peel in your pants or are you happy to see me? Right. Like I, that's, this is because I think, I think we're, when we do find like out the octopus at a hockey game where they bring the octopus and they chuck it on the ice. Right. Yeah, usually keister it. He keys to everything. Keys, wallets. But I think if we do find out what, how the banana peel got there, I think that's going to tell us a lot about the psych, like the mental, you know, the intentions and then the, where this guy is working from, you know, what kind of psychopath he is. I like it. It's usually follow the money right now. It's follow the banana. Where did the banana come from? Yes. Was it palmed? Did he keys to it? Did he have in his pants? Like what? Where did the banana come from? Did they sell it? Like, why are they selling bananas? Did they sell banana peels or whole bananas? Yeah. And I think, again, when we find out that answer, that's going to answer a lot of our questions as to the motivation, the inspiration, the intention of this act. I'm going to have to do a deep dive on this. We're going to have to do forensics, banana forensics. Like, yeah. they more than one sets of fingerprints on the banana? That's true. Yeah. It's important stuff. We got to know. All right. And now in the complete opposite direction, since, you know, it is the spring, which means it's almost yachting season, which is important. Hold on a sec. There's another development. So the New Mexico man that was arrested uh, for tossing the banana at Chappelle admits identical attack on another black man days later. All right. This guy's just a douchebag. So just like, but does he just carry banana peels around and throw at black people? I, that's what it seems. So he threw a banana peel at, a, at, at Dave Chappelle uh, during a gig in Santa Fe. And then he said he threw another banana peel on Thursday, the same week, uh, at a man named Jay Willis at a Santa Fe bar in New Mexico. So he said it was, uh, they, they said the, the feud was inspired by a heated conversation that they were having about the Chappelle controversy. So they're saying, which uh, many viewed as he, many viewed him as being a racist for that. Um, and I guess they, they're saying by being provoked, he threw a peel at that guy that he was having the argument with. So I don't know if this dude carries banana peels with him all the time. He must. He must have like just an endless, like a fanny pack full of banana peels. He just throws it. Like 
banana thrown motherfucker. I mean, now if he really, the only way he could have saved his own ass is that if he took a banana peel and threw it at some white guy. I think that's what he did two days later. That's what he had to do to kind of like uh, to get in people's better graces. He set that up. That was a banana peel throwing setup. Yeah. How are you going to have another banana peel on you at that time? Maybe he's like a failed banana. Person. Like he was trying to be like the reverse Gallagher instead of like smashing watermelons. He just threw banana peels. But are you eating bananas that much and holding on to the banana peel all the time? Like, did you start that as a little kid? You always do banana peel. Maybe he was starting a compost. You know, you get in a fight with a kid on the schoolyard. You throwing a banana peel at him and run away or something. Like, what? What is, is that? Open his deal? Flips. I don't know. I don't know. I think he slipped up. Ah, yes. Just saying. So, more to come on that bizarre little story there. <laughs> but if Dave Chappelle's involved in news, we're, we'll definitely report it. That's right. All right. Next up, seeing as how it's almost yachting season because ski season's over, and yacht to yurt. We're getting to the yacht part. Yacht to yurt. Riva is launching the new 110 Dolce Vita super yacht. Now, I don't know if you've taken a look at these photos yet. Oh, yeah. They look fantastic. This thing is super freaking bananas. Uh Aha. Look at that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're using bananas now. What's up with that? (laughs) The saloon on the main deck feels like a glass house surrounded on all sides by floor-to-ceiling windows, including the rear section joining the cockpit. The saloon is an open plan with low sitting furniture, a marble floor, and smoked glass ceiling laid into a stainless steel frame. See, I can't even afford any of this. That's why I don't know. I don't know the common term of saloon. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. It's, uh, it's got two staterooms. It can hold 20 guests. It's, uh, it's got a glass ceiling on this shit. Yeah, smoked glass ceiling. It's a gorgeous... It looks almost like a submarine and a yacht together. But the pictures, like, I mean, it's just so... Like, it's like the nicest deck and the nicest living room of, like, the fanciest house you've ever seen, but it's on the boat. Yeah, I'm gonna do that shit. I wonder if it comes with a china that's uh, shown on the table there, or you have to get your own stem. Everything on there, I'm sure. Yeah. It's very impressive looking. And uh, yeah, I would not be ashamed pulling that into the the harbor up near Whistler, parking up there and then taking the helicopter to do some skiing. Damn. I can't even look at anything else right now. Gorgeous. Wasn't the, isn't the big Mega Millions tonight? Yeah, I think I hit it. So I'm going to buy this shit. Oh, perfect. So yeah, we may be uh, broadcasting live from the Riva 110 Dolce Vita in the future. That's right. We're going to have our big uh, ski bum podcast from there. Yacht to Yurt. Be hanging out and uh, I think off of uh, Whistler, right? You know, it'd be so badass if you were so rich, you had someone, you had a giant sled towing your yacht in the snow. Nice. Or you tow, like, (laughs) how bad would it be? To like tow your like bunch of bananas that you're gonna throw at people. Oh boy! In a little going thing there. on the yacht, right? That's terrible. I don't know. What if that guy hits a it, that guy hits the Mega Millions? He's got like <laughs> a, a bucket of bananas he's carrying around, just throw it to people. It's gonna be his gag then. Yep. That's yeah. He's probably a uh, a gag comic guy. Yep. And you know what? I'm probably sure one of these kids, or one of his uh, 
probably probably his parenting skills leading to these kids doing this shit yeah so the latest uh thing coming out of like i don't know just social media and stupid things that kids are doing is uh kids are snorting condoms right now so uh i guess there was a viral video showing uh you know kids snorting condoms and there's a challenge out there it's the condom snorting challenge if anybody hasn't heard of it by now um a lot of kids are doing it and a lot of parents are like just like freaking out but what they're doing is it's it's basically they snort a condom in through their nose and they pull it out until and they keep snorting until it comes out of their mouth and they're saying um while teens think it's like a snorting challenge without consequences, uh, it can be very dangerous, which I don't know why they wouldn't think it's not dangerous, but they're saying it could rip out like your lining in your nose, cause allergic reactions, like infections. So there's a lot of like bad parts to it, but it's also kind of freaky. Like, so hey, let's just snort this up. You're saying there's a lot of bad parts to it. Where's one positive part of this? I can't think of anyone. Um, wait, 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 just like so, you unwrap it from the packaging and just snort it. Yeah, you let it out like flat and everything. I guess you go for, you know, if I'm putting it up my nose, like, do you do the lubed? I mean, which one do you do? Smurfsidal for your pleasure. <laughs> the ribbed one will kind of rip out your nose, right? Studded. You do studded ones. <laughs> Spiral the whole story, Mister French Tickler. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to see. So, what are the ones that they're snorting? Is it is it the just lube, not spermicide lubed? Um, spermicide, good, bad. Like, what's better flavored. for infection? Flavored or magnum? Ooh, the flavor. Oh, the magnum. Are they going for the magnum or the, like the little one, <laughs> the little pencil one or the <laughs> magnum one? The special little one that you got to buy at the front counter. The the, yeah. I knew somebody, actually, you know, somebody that works at a uh, grocery store and I didn't know that they keep extra small condoms like right at the, at the counter there. And he was like, there would be people that come up like, where do you have the extra small condoms? And they would like get them from there. And it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, but what are you going to, you know, what do you say? You know, so they do want those people reproducing. You're weakening the species. What are you doing? Are you snorting the extra small ones? So the like little thimble size, <laughs> like, oh, that was good. And it was boof, done like a little. It's like the pinky of rubber glove, pretty much. Like a achoo. All right, I'm done. Or are you doing the magnum wear? Oh, this is going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the magician pulling like the, uh, the long thing out of their nose. Yeah. Well, this is from the genius generation that brought us the, the Tide Pod eating. Oh, yes. I forgot yeah. about that. So. I wonder how Tide Pods taste. Do they taste as delicious as they look? They look like little candies. It'd it'd be impossible to be that good. I have thought about it. I'm like, you know, I want to know how it tastes. No, no, no desire at all. Not really. That's why, um, that's why Ben and Jerry's exists because Uh it's meant to be eaten. Ben and Jerry's Tide, Tide Swirl. That'd be funny if Ben and Jerry's did come up with some sort of like a... It's all Unilever. It's true. (laughs) It is all Unilever, right? Right. Got some, uh... Get some uh, cross brandination there. Riptide swirl. I like it. <laughs> ben and Jerry's tide swirl. Yeah. So if you have a kid who's doing this, you're probably a terrible parent. And you're probably the banana peels of people. So, 
And there's going to be video of them snorting a condom. So when they go to get a job, they're going to say, wow, so what, what were you doing here? I definitely would not be snorting condoms while I'm supposed to be filling out this spreadsheet. <laughs> are you snorting condoms again? Or are you actually doing work? <laughs> Let me see the bad bit. Let me see the plus side of it. There's zero plus side. Yeah. There's no pluses on it. No, well, the plus side is, yeah, for any future employer or um, any breeding partners, they can watch that video and be like, yeah, I'm going to pass on this person. It's thinning out the number of people that I have to compete with in the job market. That's that's the plus side. How about that? Yeah, exactly. I like that. It's a big positive. <laughs> it's actually a positive for society in the, in the long run. Yeah, and the, I like that. We, we, just, we just found the positive. See? We're turning, we're turning lemons into lemonade. <laughs> we're turning turning snorted condoms into, I don't know, golden roads. I don't I don't know what to say. Paved in rubber roads. Rubber roads. Yeah. All right, we got one more story, and we love talking about space and intergalactic travel, but we're not quite going intergalactic. We were galactic. The first podcast in space, by the way. You think so? I think, so. I think we're leading there. Uh-oh. Well, you know what? I'll be maintaining us down on terra firma here, and you can broadcast from space. All right. Um, Virgin Galactic has successfully flown a spacecraft at the speed of sound. The first time in four years, Virgin Galactic has gone supersonic. Ooh. They completed their first rocket-powered test since 2014, and Spaceship 2 successfully deployed a smaller craft 10 miles above the Earth's surface. The test brings the firm a big step closer to the ultimate goal of taking tourists to space. Hmm. Now, the reason why Virgin Galactic had stopped for a while is because they had a crash in 2014 that killed one of its pilots. And the National Transportation Safety Board concluded the tragedy was caused by a combination of human error and a lack of safety mechanisms to prevent this. So the company spent the last few years fine-tuning that to ensure it doesn't happen again. That's a lot of years. Yeah. Um, the plan is for this type of craft to uh, travel 3,000 miles per hour to the lower reaches of space. Um, it didn't get quite that high. Uh, and I guess space is considered 62 miles. And uh, this thing maxed out at 15. So, mm. But it did break the sound barrier. So it's it's starting to make, you know, some positive tests. And I think they're probably slowly gonna gonna test this and not go, you know, quite for the the maximum yet. So, you know, we talk a lot about space and you know, this is uh this is kinda like it's not as crazy as going all the way to Mars or sending your space your your roadster into space. This is just about getting you into space, you know, just just barely dipping your toe. It's like if space is the, the swimming pool, this is just kind of dipping your toe in it. So let me ask you, if you built a ramp from the earth, like, what is it, 15 miles up? Uh, how yeah. far? Well, space is considered 62 miles. Yeah. Right. So a marathon up, that'd be awesome. Marathon into space. You run up there and then you run back down. You're not worried about like re-entering the atmosphere because you're not going that fast, right? You're just kind of running. Well, think about what elevation does to your uh, cardiovascular system. Oh, it's, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Time. Same. I think you maybe got two miles and you're done. That's just like, that's like super 
actually that's where the the next like you know triathlons are going 62 miles in the space space triathlon i think that that could be the next yeah that, that could be it you you swim at altitude. You swim it. You're you're running at altitude. You ride. Maybe that's the bike part. You bike up sixty two miles, and then you got to come back this ramp down. See how fast you come down. You know what I want to see? Remember that we had that dumb story about Michael Phelps like racing a was it a shark, shark. or a dolphin or something? Yeah, Shark Week. What about Michael Phelps swimming up a waterfall? Oh, that'd be great! Like a right. salmon, right? Like a boom, racing a salmon. I want to see him race a race salmon up a waterfall. Salmon. King salmon, if you will, with bears hanging out there waiting to eat some shit. Mm. I want to see that. That's what I want to see. I want to see someone. I mean, think about it. You know, no one thought we could break the the four minute mile. You know, we're always just getting better and stronger and more capable. I think it's only a matter of time before we see someone swim up a waterfall. I think you should do it because like the, a lot of bears like to grab the salmon. They just sit there and just chomp on them. He should wear the bear suit, the bear suit man made and swim up with the bear suit on. Or get like those Wolverine, Wolverine hands, you know, uh, the Wolverine hands. Then you could swim with those. Make them, yeah. like, I think that might, might that, it probably wouldn't assist you though, because we might be extra weight. Yeah. And it's not helping with the swimming part unless yeah. they're webbed. Maybe they're webbed adamantium like spears that you're swimming up with. Yeah. That, that might work. But yeah, I want to see someone just even a small waterfall. Yeah, I wonder what sort of horsepower is required for that. You got to swim faster than gravity, right? So you got to be, be able to generate. I mean, this fact that salmon do it is pretty amazing. Like yeah. you're really. You saying salmon are better than people? In that case, I think they they might be. I think I think we have the potential though to to push through this. I don't know. Pretty soon we're going to be trying to fly like as a bird. That's that's yeah. been not proven to go well either. Once we get through the waterfall, I think the next step is then flying. The waterfall. So that waterfall is like the matrix level of doing stuff. How badass would that be to swim up a waterfall? It would be badass, but who's going to see it? Like. You got to be in a waterfall. Like um, I would just do it all day to show off if I can do like, that. That's like Aquaman stuff. If you did that, you could call yourself Aquaman. And I, well, I guess too, if you think about it, if you have the strength and you could defy gravity enough to swim up a waterfall, you probably could fly, right? I don't know. Michael Phelps could probably defy gravity like that. What yeah. do you think? If anybody could do it, I'd say he's got a shot. Hmm. What if somehow we could splice Michael Jordan and Michael Phelps' DNA? Oh, then they could fly and swim. Michael Forden. Whoa, Michael Forden. <laughs> I'm going to look up Michael Forden now. Let's see what he's doing. Michael Forden could swim and fly. That's the move right there. Forden, let's see. He is a tax attorney. No. <laughs> let's see. Michael Forden, Facebook. Let's see what he's doing. Oh, he's French. Uh, the French can't swim. Everybody knows that. Oh no, there's, that, that's Fording. I want Fordin. Yeah. Nope, that's Fort and there's Fordinol. There's a lot of them. Mm. He's out there somewhere. Yeah. He's hiding. He's in hiding. He's not on social media because he's busy swimming up waterfalls. I like it. This is like a mystery guy, Michael Fordin. Yeah. We invented him, but he's still a mystery guy. That's going to be my alias when I check into hotels now. I, Michael <laughs> Fordin. 
You want to find uh, one room for Michael Forden, please? The King Suite, of course. This is the first and last time you're going to hear it. So if you listen to podcast 117, you'll actually know what uh, Brian's secret name he checks in as. That's right. It could be on, it could be a Jeopardy question one day. You never know. Uh, He often checks in as this person (laughs) from the highfalutin ski bombs. What is his name? Uh, Michael, what is Michael Forden? (laughs) That is correct. Should have been the true daily double. (laughs) That's right. Should have bet the whole farm. That's right. Cool. All right. I guess that wraps up the podcast for the week. Yeah. Got to enjoy some spring skiing now. I'm not going to do it, but I hope other people do. Yes. I'm going to make an effort too. Good. See what I can pull off for this weekend. That's part of your detox. This is an anger detox for you too. You got to embrace the spring timeness of absolutely. Skin. That would help me get to uh to cure. I believe you get to the other level of enlightenment. Yes. So thank you everyone so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please check us out skibumpodcast.com. Check us out. Follow us. Friend us on all the socials. Twitter.com slash Podcast, Facebook.com slash Podcast, Instagram.com slash Podcast. We are also on Pinterest as the Highfalutins and also on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Highfalutin dash Bum. So thank you everyone so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay gluten. See you.